I'm not doing enough. How is it possible that I have family and friends, like close friends, who don't know Christ yet? How is this possible? How am I living my life for Christ and doing it publicly and still some of the people closest to me haven't made that decision yet? What am I doing wrong? How come I can't lead them to Christ? How come I can't do it? If you've had these same thoughts running through your mind, this is the episode for you. And in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to speak God's truth into your situation so that you can experience the freedom from those debilitating thoughts and go forward with the impact God created you to make in the lives of others starting today. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, healthy Christian lifestyle mentor. And for the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all. I know the groundhog says more winter, but I'm in the hopes for spring. I'm feeling the sunshine coming, the longer days, the flowers blooming and birds chirping, just all the things that come with this new season. I feel like spring is the most fresh season, new growth springing up everywhere. Now, I'll be honest, I didn't get the gardening green thumb family trait. And not that I'm mad about it, I've been very, very pleased with the athletic traits I did get. Not that they're opposites or you can't have both, but for me, flowers and gardening just have never been my thing. I don't get excited about new flowers popping up and planting a garden. It's just not something that brings me a whole lot of joy. At least not yet. And I will tell you, in the past couple years, I've learned to appreciate the garden, and I guess there's a little bit of excitement and curiosity, but That's also mostly about spending time with my mom, doing something she enjoys, and finding my own joy in her joy. Man, that's a whole lesson in itself, isn't it? Like, if we can find joy helping someone do something that brings them joy, then that's a win. That's a purpose. That's real, true, pure joy. Well, today, I really want to share with you something that has really, really helped me, not just in my relationship with God, but also in my own mental struggles and insecurities. You see, the Bible talks a lot about seeds, about planting, about harvest, about fruit and growth and the seasons. Sometimes reading the Bible, I'm actually really glad I grew up in Saskatchewan, Canada, and I can have a visual understanding of seed time and harvest. If you don't know, let me school you a little bit. Saskatchewan is the province in Canada that is really flat and has a lot of farmland, and that's where I grew up. A couple fun facts I found as I did a little more research for this episode is that Saskatchewan is the world's largest exporter of peas, lentils, durum wheat, mustard seed, can I get an amen, canola, flaxseed, and oats. And Saskatchewan is recognized worldwide for the quality of its crops. Okay, all those facts to let you know that growing up, I've seen farms. I've seen seed time and harvest. I've seen farmers pray for rain and then pray for rain to stop. I've understood the seasons and times of year, not always based on the weather, but based on the farming and the crops. My grandparents were farmers. My dad grew up on a farm. And some of that farmland is still in our family. 
I remember riding on the tractor with my grandpa. I remember the long, hard day's work he would put in on the crops. And although I didn't understand it then, I just remember that I would be excited that my grandma and I would pack him lunch and then drive it out to where he was working. But in Saskatchewan, you can't go into a store, a gas station, a coffee shop, or even turn on the news without someone talking about the weather and the crops. Even like years later, anytime my dad would call my aunts or uncles in Saskatchewan, the conversation always began with weather and how are the crops. Okay, so now that you have a little more background about my life, let me dig into the meat of what I really want to talk about today. And that is really the power of just one seed. Now, I think I've heard pastors preach and teach this over and over and over in my life. And this is where our own relationship with God has to take a front seat. This might be another little tangent, but I truly want to encourage you and even implore you to always be building on your own relationship with God. Sure, it's great to hear a pastor and a teacher and read a book and get some new knowledge and new understanding. But in order to have a real relationship with God, you have to dig into his word for yourself. You have to seek answers and guidance for yourself. You have to play your part in the relationship and truly get to know God and stop just taking everyone else's word for who he is. All right, so seeds. The Bible is full of life-giving insights around seeds. Let me take you first to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to that mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. We like that one, right? Like faith the size of a mustard seed. But what about Jesus teaching the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13? Jesus says this, listen, a farmer went out to plant seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. The Bible goes on and on about seeds, but where I really want to focus this episode is on 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 to 9. Paul's teaching to the church at Corinth, and it seems like they're having some debates, some debates to what I have in my own mind with myself many times. Here's what Paul instructs them. I planted the seed in your heart, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Okay, these verses right here finally gave me freedom in my mind in 2017. And the crazy thing is, I had read them before and probably heard many lessons about them from pastors and teachers throughout many years. And I also must have studied through these verses in Bible school, but finally they were real and they were just for me. As a believer, as a woman of God, as a Bible school graduate, as a full-time church employee, as a Christian woman people looked up to, I had an insecurity. I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't saving enough people. 
I wasn't saying the prayer with enough people. Pastors lead people to Christ all the time. I see droves of people go forward at the end of service. I hear the testimonies of someone leading others to Christ at the gas station, but what about me? I wasn't doing enough. At the time, I had been living with my brother and sister-in-law in California for about a year and a half. My niece was three and my nephew was just born. And I'll be honest, there were days that this I'm not doing enough thought ran rampant in my mind. I would think to myself, how is it possible that I have family and friends, like close friends, like some best friends who don't know Christ yet? How is this possible? How am I living my life for Christ and doing it publicly and still some of the people closest to me haven't made that decision yet? What am I doing wrong? How come I can't lead them to Christ? How come I can't do it? Now, I wanted to share that openly because if you've had those same battles in your mind, I want you to know that you're not alone. Our minds are where Satan tries to attack us right where it hurts. He's no dummy. He knows what will get to us, and then he keeps poking and prodding and pushing and hitting that same button over and over and over again. But here's the truth. As a believer, as a born-again follower of Jesus Christ, you have all authority over Satan. You have God, the God of heaven and earth, the almighty God. You have him living within you. And you know how we combat Satan's tactics in our minds? We speak the truth over it. No, not just what we think is the truth. We speak God's truth, his word over that lie and make that lie submit to the truth. I'm telling you, this is powerful. And if you can't hear it in my voice right now, I am really passionate about this right here. You think your morning affirmations of how beautiful you are are powerful? Start speaking God's truth over your life and your situation and see what happens. So after what I'm sure was years of this same insecurity, this same doubt, this same self-sabotage really is what it was, I finally found the truth. I found the truth in God's word that would set me free and honestly shut Satan up once and for all. It was right there all along, but now I got it and I got it for me. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work, for we are both God's workers. I had to say this to myself over and over, repeating it daily. I wasn't in the mirror telling myself I am strong and beautiful and worthy. I was in the mirror telling myself it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. I work with others and we will all be rewarded for our own hard work. There, I had the truth. Oh my goodness, finally. Such a simple realization that changed everything. Me planting seeds is not only just as important as the person who prays with someone to bring them to salvation, it is vital to the process. I have a role to play and that role matters. So once I got this revelation for myself, I could start looking at my daily life differently. I could look at what I was doing for Christ, how I was living, who I was impacting as important, as beneficial, as crucial. I finally figured out there were three phases to this journey I had to go through, and if I could continuously stay on this journey, I could recognize God using me. I could recognize a piece of my purpose, and I could completely kick all those obnoxious, debilitating thoughts straight to the curb. So first, I had to plant the seeds. Well, I guess before I even started planting seeds, I had to have the seeds. What was in my bag? What's in your bag? What is your bag full of? 
Like if you had to dump out what you've been carrying and plant it into someone else, what would it eventually produce? Now, this is one question I hope you take some time to think through. Maybe even pause me and hit another lap around the block just to clear up some things you've been carrying that really aren't beneficial to you and definitely would not be uplifting to plant into other people. So once I realized I had a job as a planter, I had a responsibility as a planter, I started to take special notice to what kinds of seeds I was carrying around with me. You already know you can't give away what you don't have. So if you're desiring to give and share Christ with others, then you're going to need to be loaded up with his truth, his love, his patience, his kindness, his forgiveness, his understanding, his faithfulness. I think sometimes the problem we have as believers is that we end up in that conversation or even that argument with people who say they want nothing to do with church because it's full of hypocrites. Well, first of all, if that's true, then who would blame them? But how does that happen? I think it happens when, as believers, we try to plant seeds that we haven't even produced in ourselves yet. I mean, an apple seed produces an apple tree, which produces apples, which produces more apple seeds. You see the cycle? Well, if I'm trying to plant apple seeds of Christ's love, for the sake of this example, into someone, but all they've seen produced in me is beet seeds, you know, unforgiveness, dishonesty, that tastes like absolute dirt. It's true. Beets are gross. (laughs) Then why would they want to try to receive the seeds I'm hoping to plant in them? You get it? So in order to even plant seeds in others, you yourself must have those seeds in you and producing growth in you. You can't give from what you don't already have, yet you're called to plant. So fill that bag up. Well, the second phase is made pretty clear in the scripture that another waters. Okay, great. So now that you know that you are a planter, let me also confirm to you that you are a waterer. Whether you know it or not, you water seeds that others have planted. Whether you want to or not, you're going to have to do some watering. Look, I'm, I'm not sure if you followed this about me, but I really wasn't joking about gardening. Since probably forever, if my parents were out of town, my mom would have one of the neighbors water her garden. No, seriously, like even last year. It wasn't that I didn't have the time or that I didn't know how to turn on the hose and stand there and make sure the plants had water. But I'll tell you, it just is one of those things that I've kind of always told myself I wasn't good at. So I got off the hook. I mean, not my proudest plant moment, but I brought home this beautiful centerpiece from a golf tournament when I lived in Arizona. It had a cactus and some other succulents in it. And within a month, I had to throw it in the trash. A cactus in Arizona. How the heck could I not make that work? So from then on, I just kind of gave up. I just stopped. I just laughed it off and like I wasn't good at it and people around me accepted that and covered their own bases, smart on their part. And as I'm preparing this right now, sitting at my desk, I look around and can see 16 plants, cute plants, but only one of them is real. And it's a succulent that I wanted a Bible study and just this moment I'm thinking I should probably check on it. (laughs) Now, in my defense, and not even defense really, because as I think through this more and more, God is teaching me so much about the points I'm trying to get across to you. Remember how I just said my mom gets the neighbor to take care of watering the garden when she's gone? Well, yes, it's true. The neighbor waters the garden, except the tomato plants. The two cherry tomato plants that produce like crazy, produce so much that we can eat off them for months and they are so, so good. Those plants I totally take care of on my own and they thrive. So what's the difference? Well, the different plants in the garden... 
the ones with all the names I can't pronounce or remember, what they produce doesn't really mean anything to me. But those tomatoes, what is produced when I water those plants, it seriously brings me joy and a delicious snack. Those seeds that someone else planted, when I water them, there is increase there that everyone who comes around me gets to enjoy because that's what happens. That's how the cycle works, especially when we do it with joy. The fruit that is produced is more than we expected. So once I realized that the Bible's clear, that one person plants the seeds and another person waters the seeds, and they are both important and they are both necessary and they are both rewarded, then there was just one thing left to do. Release the pressure and give the production and increase part of the cycle to God. That's it. Verse 7 in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. And in order for God to make that seed grow, yep, you get it. It needs to be planted and it needs to be watered. You know, I often speak of Pastor Tim Ross. He was my young adult pastor 15 years ago. And the way God speaks through him, my ears are still tuned into that frequency. I still follow and learn from him every single week. But one thing I learned from him was to truly understand that it's not for me to change someone's heart and get them to follow Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who does that. Because if it's me who leads someone to Jesus, then someone else can lead that same person away from Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who changes hearts. It's the Holy Spirit who, at just the right time, reveals himself to people and leads them to follow Jesus. And understanding that right there, that's even more freedom in my mind. It changed my prayers. Instead of praying that I could lead people to Christ, I began praying for the Holy Spirit to do what truly only He can do and touch people's hearts. I began to pray for opportunities to plant seeds. And with that prayer, I stopped putting my own expectation on how and where I thought would be best for me to plant the seed. And I just prayed that I would plant at every opportunity. Then I started praying for opportunities to water seeds that others have planted. I'm telling you, if you can get this truth and this cycle into your mind, that guilt, that shame, that insecurity, that feeling like you're not doing enough or not doing it right, it has to flee. Look, let me take you back for just a minute. Remember earlier in this episode when I was reading the parable of the sower that Jesus taught, right? The farmer that went out to plant some seeds and he scattered them across the field. Some fell on the footpath and the birds ate them. Some fell on shallow soil. Some fell among the thorns. And then some fell on the fertile soil. Well, as I was reading through this just today, what Jesus did not say is he did not say the seeds were wasted. He did not say the farmer was wrong for scattering seeds. The focus of this parable, this teaching of Jesus, wasn't even the farmer. It was the soil. So don't be shy. Don't be insecure. Don't hold back wondering if someone will understand you or make fun of you or question you, but sow seeds. Scatter the seeds. And know this, you won't run out. If it was a concern that the farmer would not receive enough crops, I have to wonder if Jesus would have told him to be more cautious or more intentional with exactly where he placed the seeds. But the Bible just tells us that he scattered them and he left it up to the soil. He wasn't there to judge if this seed would be received or not. His job was to sow the seeds. Now, if you follow me on social media, you know by now that I share my Bible time every single morning for now five years straight. Do you really think everyone on my feed receives what I share? No. Some people scroll right through. Some people read it and it doesn't stick. 
Some people read, pray, then get to work and let their boss or coworker say something that totally derails their joy and expectation for the day. And some, some people just unfollow me or send a lovely parting note about how I'm not sharing enough fitness stuff anymore, so they're out of here. Now, you might be ready to fight someone for me, but let me be really clear with this. As a believer, we are to be like that farmer. We are to scatter seeds. We are to sow seeds without prejudging or pre-planning when and where they will land. Let me rephrase that. Without prejudging or pre-planning where I would like them to land. Let me bring this full circle for you. You know what has happened since I left living with my brother and sister-in-law in California? Those seeds have been getting watered. My niece and nephew both attended a Christian preschool, and now they both play church league basketball with devotionals and memory verses brought home weekly. See how God works? It is not all on you. But let me leave you with this. You are a planter. You are a waterer. So make sure your seed satchel is full. Make sure your watering can is full. Fill them up daily with God's truth so that is the kind of seeds you're planting and that is the kind of water you're pouring. You are necessary. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Thank you for joining me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise. If you could do me a quick favor and leave a written review in your listening app, I would really appreciate it. I'll see you next time. 